Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cyber Prophets. Cyber Prophets, the podcast where we are prophesizing the future of technology. We have talked a lot about AI and the kind of things that can be produced nowadays with AI. And today we have a quite interesting topic. And for that, I would like to call to the stage to my friend and brother from another mother, Federico. This time we're gonna go into citizen developers, which is a very trendy topic in corporations. You might have never heard of it, especially if you don't work in large corporations that are mainly related to tech. But if you work in banks, if you work in the health system, if you work in accountancy, you might have heard of them. Yes, citizen developers, honestly, like as a developer working solely in the code and in, in the IT branch, it was like quite a new concept for me, right? I got to know about it, thanks to you, Federico, to be honest. And the first time I heard about it was like, what is that citizen developer? What is it? Nowadays, big companies have come out with formal definitions of the term, and we would like to introduce you to the definition provided by Gartner. A citizen developer is an employee who creates application capabilities for consumption by themselves or others using tools that are not actively forbidden by IT or business units. A citizen developer is a persona, not a title or a targeted role. They report to a business unit or function other than IT. Other than IT. Yeah, that's important. All citizen developers are business technologists. However, all business technologies are not necessarily citizen developers. There is no required designation of proficiency or time allocation for citizen developers, but they must be legal employees of an organization. So we have seen that this is like a very abstract uh, concept. So Federico, can you like say it in clearer words or like in plain English? The easiest explanation is that is any employee in an organization, let's call it the security guy, secretary, an accountant, the manager, and any of them can build apps through other tools, not coding or not necessarily going into the deep and complex codes, but they can develop an app for Android, a website, an app for iOS and give you access to it without going to a degree or even taking a bootcamp or something like that. So, okay, uh, let me understand correctly. So basically a citizen developer is, can be anyone in the company who basically creates tools, uh, creates apps, not necessarily by coding. Yep. Even the janitor can be a citizen developer. What you need to do, what you, you must have is access to a computer and the software. The rest is history. Like, can you mention a real life scenario? Like, I don't know, you, we were mentioning a, se a se secretary, but why would a secretary create some software? Well, the for me, the easiest examples are accountants. Okay, the previous companies to work in, in Poland that is called Infosys, many people were, there were a lot of accountants. And what they mm -hmm. wanted to do, it was to automate their task. 
Mm -hmm. The main process was that we were in the IT team. They had to give us the requirements and to do all the process. And just to build an app that was relatively simple because they had the domain expertise in accounting. Sometimes we spent years or even months doing all the entire process. And let's call it unit testing, creating the pipelines, deployment of the application, testing, and so on and so on. It took ages. Yes. Some of the accountants got access to tools like OutSystem or Mendix. And what they did is, well, they started to create their own apps without ever notifying us. Then the application was generally websites more than apps. And they started to share those websites so the other people had access to them. Other people started to use Microsoft Power Apps. And yeah, there were, that's something tricky because you have multiple technologies and OutSystem is not compatible with Microsoft Power Apps. And the same happens with Mendix because they are completely different tools. But in fact, what the accountants did is they automated their task. They had a website where they were filling the form with all the data. They connected with SAP and, well, suddenly they were creating their own apps. Of course, mm -hmm. there are some calls. These guys have no clue about security. And that caused a lot of problems, of course, because some information shouldn't have done in that way. But in mm. fact, what you had in the end is that they were empowered to build apps without ever going to us. And it was faster. Because when you are the coder, first you need to understand their logic, then you need yes. to understand their requirements, you need to do all the budgeting. While these guys, they had access to the website, they started to create their own apps, connected the Excels and the tools that they wanted, deploy the website, and that's all. A secretary can do the same. The secretary, this is a hypothetical case because I have, I have never seen it. Yeah. Say so the secretary needs to have to automate a lot of calls and to perform this task, they, she can create a kind of app that creates, the, let's say, schedule the calls and immediately call them at the time that she needs. So she starts getting the calls, mm -hmm. or or let's or let's say that it create the, the schedule the, the the appointments for the her manager, or many other tools. Because in fact, what CDSM developers do is tend to automate tasks. Why? Because they have the domain expertise. Well, mm -hmm. in the traditional system, it's like. Let's suppose that you build an app that is for accountancy. First, you need to understand the part of accountancy, and then you build the app because as a coder, you have no clue about accountancy. Yes, yes. So maybe something important. You have mentioned like some tools, like Mandix was one of them. What other did you mention? OutSystems and Microsoft Power Apps. These are the most important ones. OutSystems and Microsoft Power Apps. So these are three tools that can be used to empower uh, people to become citizen developers. Yeah. And I have a, a very concrete question. So I have seen several examples when people, as you say, like secretaries or accountants, are not using these tools, but are using macros in Excel. And they, they are able to develop their own macros. Mm -hmm. Will that also be considered a citizen developer? Yeah. But the difference is that in the macros versus the, the other is that the macro, you will learn to learn some coding that is mainly mm -hmm. visual basic for applications. Is it difficult? Yeah. Probably not. And I will also, the other, the other disadvantage that you have with the macros is that they are completely tied to Excel or let's say any Microsoft tool. Yeah. Also, but yeah, that, that's the main difference. And the other ones are focused that you should not code or that your code should be as little as possible. 
So generally they build the code behind you. So you don't really know if it's building JavaScript or if it's C sharp or whatever is behind the screens, you have no clue. You're talking they, about the Nix or out system, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. So they so, build the, the code behind you and what happens next? Yeah, the, what happens next, you, you just build like a flow. While in that macro, you will need to create like modules one by one yeah. And then based on that, it will start working. Will I consider it? Yeah, I will consider it. However, my biggest concern with, with these ones is that Microsoft has been trying to get rid of the macros for many years. Oh, yeah, so I, heard about I, that. I don't know how long it will exist. Maybe it's ten, five years more, 10 years more. It is a big mystery because it's a big risk for Microsoft to get rid of it. But it's something that they have been trying to get rid of it because they have a very old legacy tool based on Visual Basic 6, while yeah. the current applications are not based on old technologies. So, but still, I would consider them in the, in the same area. So that basically raises the question, like, where do we draw the line? Because there are these tools like UI, uh, UiPath or Mandix, where you do not need to code the macros. Okay, you code a little bit and you could probably code, code a lot there, but then you're no longer a citizen developer. You're like a developer. So mm. the question would be like, where you where do you draw the line? For me, the main difference between a normal developer and a, let's and call it a citizen developer is that a regular developer will tend to work more with power tool, let's call it Visual Studio. Let's call mm -hmm. it uh, uh, IntelliJ. And mm -hmm. they can build very, very complex apps that can really impact even your development in your OS. While a citizen developer, it's very unlikely that will create something that will crash your app, your system. Maybe it consumes too much RAM or something like that, but it is something that someone else mainly takes care of it. The macros, if you go too much into the macro system and you start coding too much, most likely you will start moving out of that, of the of the path of being a citizen developer. Mm -hmm. Why do I say that? Because in my former team, the majority were former accountants and they started creating macros. And after a while, they moved to .NET. Oh, there was a transition. Okay. Yeah, they moved from macros to start working with .NET. Of course, it wasn't that let's say a straightforward transition it took like two or three years but they moved from building macros to got into more complex projects so they became full-fledged developers yeah yeah <clears throat> so i will say that if you get originally into macros but did you start coding more and more complex things then sooner or later you will quit from the macros and go to their normal development path but it's very unlikely that if you got into let's say out systems or Mendix or Microsoft Power Apps, that you, you will transition to the other path because they are drastically different. One doesn't want that you code and the other force you to code. So for me, the macros is like something in between. In the beginning, you're a kind of, let's call it a power, a power, let's say citizen developer or something like that. But it's still for me, it's a citizen developer and the other one is a full-fledged coder. So it's like something in between the macros but the macros, I said, the risk is that I have no clue how long they will exist. 
I'm sure that Microsoft one day will shut it down and that they will maybe build an, I don't know, an external SDK, but I'm sure that they just want to get rid of them. So maybe just to guide us in this conversation, I would like now to show a diagram presented by Gardner. So this is a diagram provided by Gardner in which they are announcing that basically anyone can be a developer. And we have four categories. And we have, first of all, citizen developer or end user. There we have citizen developer as a power user. And then we come to the other side of the table. We have a business-led pro developer or an enterprise IT pro developer. And we can see like several differences uh, among these two. And the first two, they are not full-time developers while the other two are full-time developers. And probably this this is the the part like where we were trying to draw the line. So some some have like preferred tools with no code, low code, low code, and pro code. And the pro developers use only pro code. And then the typical apps that they are developing uh, is depending on the impact or on the reach within the company that the applications have. So, Federico, how will you position here like the, the three kind of users that we were talking about? The Mandix user, the macro user, and... The things that the Mandix or the OutSystems will be either any of the two citizen developers. Mm -hmm. In yep. very rare cases, they will maybe go to the business lead because in out systems, you can build modules, you can integrate cameras or build other things. But that is like a more, let's say, advanced developer because you start coding and getting into more complex things, but you can. So maximum there, but I will say that then you start moving because the key difference is, are you still working in your career or you are building apps or systems for the company? Because mm -hmm. the system developers, like the people who are starting in accountancy building the macros, their work was still to be an accountant. They didn't want to build apps. Their main work was, I want to automate my, my task. So that's why they started to build in the macros. That's why they got into out systems. Some people want to be accountants forever. It's not that you, don't, that you would like to become a developer. That's why you study accountancy. You didn't study software development. But if yeah. something can simplify your work, then you start doing the transition. Some people then discover, for example, I discovered, I, I met someone who was an artist. He had even a photo studio. And right now he works for Google as a developer, oh. C++. Mm -hmm. and he really was a great shooter and he got a, all, the, all the things that you can imagine. But well, nowadays, he's a developer in Google in C++. It's a yes. great example that is it's a transition because he just got bored of shooting pictures. And but if then the same happened with these guys that they started as accountants, they got bored. Some people always want to become accountants because they like their area. I have a friend who is an who was an accountant, or I think he's still an accountant, and he started to use out systems to simplify his life. But he still likes to be an accountant. He doesn't want to become a coder. He likes accountancy. Mm -hmm. the, the question for you is, 
you would like to automate tasks or you would like to become a developer. And the macro is something like in between. The macro will be between to be a citizen developer, power user, because you can code. There is, is of course, is less coding mm -hmm. because it's code. But in some cases, they can transition to the business-led pro developer. And in some cases, they can even move to the enterprise IT pro developers because I know people who finally reach that position. But it's, mm -hmm. they, they somehow discover that to be an accountant was not for them or the other, uh, the other guy. To take pictures was not my, for for myself. I became a great C plus plus developer in Google. Okay, yeah. So they basically made the transition from citizen developer to enterprise developer. Yeah, I have met a couple of those people. Of course, <laughs> you will. You, I'm not the, the guy from Google. I really don't know too much. Uh, how great, well, he's great because he even wrote a book about compilers that is one of the best books in Amazon. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure about the other guys that are as guru as, as him, but yeah, the, it is it is a lot of work because that guy spent hours, hours every day coding after hours. So to do the transition from being a citizen developer to become an enterprise developer, it was a lot. They spent a lot of hours. I see. I see. So they basically uh like skipped college or like a formal training but <clears throat> still they had to learn by themselves yeah so some sort of self-education yeah because the key difference or let's say the key thing that many citizen developers have is the domain expertise oh yeah and that's mm -hmm. something that you as a developer you often don't have because well, exactly. your, your domain expertise is to code the domain yeah. of of these guys is to know about accountancy, to be to know about recruitment, to know about HR, to know about other areas. And that's an area that they know how to automate and they know how to solve a specific problem. So now when they know how to use the tools, they can combine them and to build a solution. So continue with the discussion. Like the main difference or like one of the main difference between uh, these citizen developers is that they have like the business the business knowledge the domain knowledge that is proper to to that position for accountancy as the example that we were looking at whereas we as software developers yeah our domain of knowledge is it is coding right we lack the skills in the other areas mm -hmm. so I think that a pro developer that went through all of this process of becoming like uh, of starting as a citizen developer to becoming a pro developer can have in certain areas even advantage over the ones that are pro developer from the beginning. Do you think so? I, I, of course they have because they will if you are an accountant and you were I don't know working for five or six years an accountant and then you became an enterprise developer you will have a huge advantage in that area, mm -hmm. especially in accountancy. So you will be able to build solutions that solve real problems in accountancy. Of course, yeah. in areas you might have weaknesses and it's everything because you went into a different path. There are great people, but I think that in many is very rare the case of the Google guy. That's a very strange case, very uncommon case. Yeah, that's a, that's a special case. It must be like the exception rather than the rule in this yeah. case. Because many citizen developers that I know that finish in the enterprise, they have like very huge, huge weaknesses understanding security topics. 
things mm -hmm. you need test yeah. those are two things that i notice that they do not understand let's not speak about design patterns because that's like that will be even deeper that you tend to finish like in a very tricky conversation even they know how to use visual studio and all, all, all those tools but then it's like it is, it's not that they cannot learn it but it's like they lack all all this knowledge mm -hmm. and then it, and they, they are prone to make very funny mistakes that a typical developer won't, won't make again there are exceptions the google guy is a completely different exception that guy as i said yeah. wrote a compiler's book that is one of the best sold in amazon so he really is a special so uh, I would like to just summarize the, the two risks that you mentioned related to citizen developers. Those are like, first of all, security topics, uh, maybe with the treatment of the data, or they can be a data leak at some point. And the second, the design patterns, which leads to us like probably in the in the way to the performance, how how well will your application perform, right? Encryption another topic if you have very sensitive data mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because in the end the citizen developers mainly rely on third-party tools so you will rely on what mendix provides you what OutSystem provides you and if you don't understand those let's say tricky topics or you let's say expose the connection to a database mm -hmm. it's it risk is high in certain areas so i wouldn't do it for sensitive topics because it's or at least they have they should have a specific training before going into that but yeah the, the, those are re real risk now federico <clears throat> we're side the profit so we need to prophesize what is the future of technology here do you think that more and more people will become citizen developers in the future they are already citizen developers this is not this is already happening Okay. I have seen this trend for the last six years and it's just growing. Mm. This is not this is not a slowing down. This is just increasing and increasing. Mm -hmm. There was a program manager that I know here in Spain who told me that the company forced her secretaries to go to be to learn about UiPath and out systems. Her secretaries. And wow. clear, this is a multinational company, not a small company, the one that, that I got that information. So this is not something that is slowing down. Companies are investing more and more in these tools mm -hmm. because the main idea is I want to simplify many tasks. And if my people already knows how to do this, why should outsource or why should invest time in other areas? And a follow-up question. Do you think that ChatGPT can be used as a tool to empower and to create more citizen developers? No, because they are two different topics. ChatGPT, okay. because citizen developers, especially if you rely in low code and no code, these things are about dragging and dropping and creating flows. And this mm -hmm. is private, private source code. So you cannot know what is happening behind the screen. It's not like typical coding, like in Java or C sharp that I have full control over what I'm coding. In the other one, unfortunately, that's another disadvantage. You don't know what the hell is happening before mm -hmm. the screen. <clears throat> That, that's that's a very interesting perspective and since you have mentioned it about it that's a, an announcement for our audience next week we're gonna be showing you one of these tools we're gonna do a live room of one of these tools that can help you 
become a citizen developer. Can you tell us more about this, Federica? We are going to show you an experiment of an application that I built without systems. So you will see how easily we I created an application for Android and iOS. And it, it took me like to create all the screens like one hour maximum. And it was presented in a hackathon. People will have thought that it was built in a very complex system, but in fact, it was just building using a small tool, no, not major drawbacks. In one hour, that gives you a great advantage, I think. <laughs> so on that note, we can conclude today's discussion. Don't forget, next week we're going to do a live run of one of the tools that can help you become a citizen developer. Don't miss that out and help us. Subscribe to the channel and share with everyone our videos and let's, let us grow this community of cyber profits. Until then, see you next week.